Hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast about the one thing I know something about game shows. I suppose I am your host, Jordan Haas. We are on Holtz Watch, everybody, and James Holtzhauer is currently 19 days in counting on Jeopardy. The most recent game, he won $96,726, making his grand total today $1,426,330. And he's still competing tomorrow. Oh. Anyway, in just a bit, Alton from Video Games are the Worst Thing on Earth is going to stop by to talk about WCG Ultimate Gamer. But we have some more news to deal with. Nicole Byers Nailed It is returning to Netflix May 17th with a Season 3 uh, pickup. Uh, that, that sounds like fun. I love Nailed It because of the way it's a decorating show mixed with a baking show that's kind of just a subversion of the good baking competitions that you normally see where it's kind of okay to falter. So I'm kind of excited that show's coming back, especially on Netflix. The... Crazy challenges the bakers will be tasked this season includes making a Black Panther cake. I don't know if that's like the actual Marvel license or not. A cotton candy flavored clown cake. A cake replica of Michelangelo's David. A Tyrannosaurus Rex cake. A fondant covered doll cake. And a layered bust of Napoleon Bonaparte. Well, that sounds hilarious, actually. <laughs> And of course, there's the panic buttons, and, and someone gets $10,000. It's, uh, it's an easy, little, fun cooking show. And yes, these shows do count as game shows. Uh, it's not trivia, it's rather skill, which I, I put in the same realm as they have beat the clock. Or anything that requires a judgment of some kind, like American Idol or The Voice. Not surprising anybody, uh, let's make a deal, and the prices right are also going to be renewed on CBS the number one network in daytime for 32 years. And then they're talking about the ratings according to tvseriesfinale.com, uh, where it averages 2.92 million viewers. Well, Let's Make a Deal 2 averages 3.34 million views. Let's Make a Deal is nominated for five daytime Emmy Awards, including both Brady's nomination as an outstanding game show. The Price is Right starting its 48th season, Price of Red 1 averaged 4.59 million views, for Western Sight 2 is seen by an average of 5.23 million views. The show is network uh, most watched program in daytime, hosted by Drew Carey. Uh, it will be celebrating its 9,000th episode in October 2019. Uh, it's nominated for six daytime Emmy Awards, including Outstanding Game Show. Which is good. I mean, I love Let's Make a Deal and The Price is Right. They're both very fun daytime shows. The way Let's Make a Deal has so many prizes given away in such short notice. And The Price is Right having the, lo the longevity uh, of all these games. And the fact that we have a 110-part series looking at every price game on The Price is Right called Pricing Game Spotlight should also be a notion of how much we appreciate The Price is Right over here. So congratulations to Drew, congratulations to Wayne Brain, congratulations to, I guess, Mike Richards, the executive producer to both. Let's make a deal. And the price is right. Good job. Now let's get to some serious news. Uh, this is from CalvinAir.com. Iran is shutting down TV quiz shows over gambling concerns. Uh, I saw this on Game Show News Net, so I'm going to post it here, too. Um, <clears throat> Iran's religious authorities are cracking down on TV game shows because their games too closely resemble gambling products. 
Orangan State Television recently debuted a new game show called Barande Bash, or Be the Winner, a shameless knockoff of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Hosted by a local singer-actor Mohammed Reza Galzar, uh, has proven a ratings winner with the Islamic Republic of Iran Broadcasting, IRIB. But the show's arrival was met almost immediately by criticism from conservative cleric Grand Ayatollah Nasser Makrem uh, Shirazi who published a fatwa, a nine-binding legal opinion, in a local newspaper declaring that such quiz shows offered games of chance and thus were effectively gambling, which is haram, forbidden under Islamic law. Other conservative media outlets quickly echoed the cleric's claims, accusing IRIB of airing a halal casino and reminding Iran's of Supreme Leader Ayatollah Ali Khamenei's 2004 condemnation of such programs for eroding the nation's culture of hard work and productivity by offering contestants something for nothing other than brain power. The show's producers responded to the fur by claiming that the assumptions presented in the question for the fatwa was wrong, although the short statement offered no specifics. Regardless, IRIB has since suspended airing any further episodes of Be the Winner or any other Western quiz-style programs. Uh, this is a fun fact. Apparently, unlike the other shows where he's like a million dollars or a million pounds, uh, the the top price is about roughly $23,718. So, I mean, like, James Holtzhauer is kind of like just dominating uh, com- in comparison over this. So, uh, there is, so the last comment is coming from Calvin Air, Governor's own Peter Amsel. Iran Shiite mullahs may not see eye to eye with many of their Sunni counterparts across the Islamic world, but the two factions are of one mind when it comes to gambling. Clerics have issued fatwas condemning all forms of gambling as haram, but they also issued smaller edicts against the game of chess and new-fingered texts such as cryptocurrencies. This is a very pro-cryptocurrency website, but I, I mean, when it comes to the gaming and gambling, I think they're right with this as well, because uh, this is a this is a tough decision. Because is it gambling? Yes, it is. Should it be unwarranted under under their religion? I guess, but because it's their network, it's their broadcasting. But I think it just goes to show you uh, sometimes one of the best parts about listening in a Western country such as America is our freedoms to have these gambling-style game shows. And if they're really upset with what amounts to being a ripoff of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, wait till they find out about like deal or no deal or anywhere there really is just gambling a front because that's when the show gets really good so i'm going to be taking the very cautious political stance of i'm proud to be an american where at least i know i'm free and you know accept the coolness that is wagering and in other forms of gambling on television game shows because that adds a layer and a nice game element to a lot of, of these of these formats so i mean you do you uh weird conservative outlets but i'm gonna be living in the cool world of of american television where if we're gonna censor something it'll be because we want to Speaking of which, uh, Jeopardy has banned a few different types of wagers on their show. Uh, this came as a joke because of Ken Jennings. I don't feel like I get enough credit for making small, sensible Jeopardy wagers, which helped the show with its prize budget, which was kind of funny. Uh, someone joked about how he wagered $69 on every final Jeopardy. 
To which Ken Jennings responds, that's actually forbidden on Jeopardy now as of last year. Not even joking. There are five wagers you cannot do on Jeopardy now. And I'm about to explain them. 69 is the first one. If you don't know what 69 is, talk to your parents before listening to any more of this podcast. The other one is 666, because, you know, the mark of the beast. And the other three is 1488 or 1488, because a bit of white supremacists have kind of showed up back in the limelight, especially on social media, that maybe we should not care about the 14 words, or 88, which, because 8 is H, and HH means Hail Hitler, so some chuckle fucks like to decide to put 14 and 88 together, because they are white supremacists that really hate, say, Jews, or black people or homosexuals or transgender people that it it kind of because of the rise of this hate mob and the rise of just trying to be a provocative piece of shit jeopardy decides no can do anymore but if you still want to be really cool and you still want to have a really nice number wager 420 is still allowed so get with the times the high times that is and bet the weed number Smoke weed every day. And our final news story today uh, is basically that Card Shark started filming and has wrapped up filming in the course of last episode to this episode. Now, Buzzer Blog is reporting the story, but I I have much better sources because it's the same sources that Buzzer Blog got. So I want to thank Jim Elwanger, Joe Van Ginkle, Travis Griffin, and Tim Connolly. Uh, they just talked to me about the format. And if Fremont is listening to this, they did not spoil the outcome of the game. They have kept secret the non-disclosure agreement. They just explained what the rules were. Do not go after them. Please do not go after me. This is just what's the rules. Because one game show community group thought it'd be funny to say there's no questions and decided to gaslight a whole community. So I tried my best to make sure they were just goofing and they were joking about there was no questions. Because as it turns out, Oh, no, there are questions. No, no, they actually are questions in this format. In fact, it was pretty borderline shitty of them to say otherwise. But here's how it goes. <clears throat> so the rules of Card Sharks are simple. It's hosted by Joel McHill. Joel McHill is, of course, a funny guy from Community, uh, The Soup, Almost Live, uh, The Joel McHill Show with Joel McHale. And it's played with two contestants. Now, it's two contestants in one half and then another two in a second half. And one is a red player, one's a blue player. And it's supposed to be bantering between the host and the contestants, almost like your uh, classic British game show where we're just kind of just talking with them and out. Now, instead of the classic Hard Sharks rules where it's two out of three wins and goes on to money cards, this is one round. But to extend it out now, instead of going through five cards to win with higher or lower, as brought earlier in the Game Shows I Suppose episode regards the Card Sharks, this is played with ten cards on the top and bottom, one for the red player and one for the bottom player. To get control of the cards, they must predict the outcome of a survey or educated guess question. Once they give their number, their opponent must give higher or lower, and whoever wins the outcome of that gets to have control of the cards. And just like in classic card sharks, aces are high and twos are low. So higher, lower, higher, lower, freeze, or change the card if it's their, if it's the start. Whoever's the first to get through all 10 cards wins $10,000 in the money cards. 
Well, a, a starting of 10,000 in the money cards. Now, wh- where the game is weird is it's five surveys. It's five questions. Now, classically, it would be somewhat like a... It would be somewhat where it's five cards and four questions. This time around, it's one more than a single round, but with double the cards, which is kind of weird. But there is something that makes sense. So they get to cut the cards now on stage, and whoever has the highest card in that cut gets control of the first question, which I find to be kind of neat because that's telling me maybe that's how they're going to give people an advantage in sudden death. So they will have the the third and final question, but it could always go to the one first position. I still don't know that, but I'm so glad the survey questions are back because that is the thing I was fighting for the most for card sharks because it just wouldn't be card sharks without the survey questions because they're funny, they're whimsical, and you can get the contestants to say some ridiculous things and have the banner with the contestants, which Joel McHill be great at. So I'm glad that's sticking, and I hope they put those clips up on YouTube to add some promotion and get some more people interested in card sharks. So the first, per- so if they get a correct prediction, then they must keep going down the line. If they falter just once, they lose all the cards up to that point, unless they choose to freeze, just like in classic card sharks. If they screw up, it goes to their opponent, and they get their chance to go through the 10. Whoever's the first to get through all 10 cards wins the game. That's it. On the fifth and final card, which is Sudden Death, they have to make a decision. Do they want to play with their hand and how far they are, or do they want to pass it to their opponent to see how far they can go? So classic Card Sharks rules. We're good. We're good. It's Card Sharks, just with more cards. It's, it's more of what you love about Card Sharks, just with a little less questions. So uh, before we get to the money cards, uh, there's some cool things to understand here. There's no skinny mic this time around. Sorry, uh, Jim Perry... Bob Eubanks, Bo Rafferty, they all have the little stick mic, but Joel McHale is just lobbed up. Also lobbed up are the two dealers, Jerry and Alexa. So a male and a female are mic'd up, and they also get to banter with the contestants and Joel, which I also kind of find a little charming as well. Now, when it comes to money cards, this is where it takes a little left turn. People are so used to money cards being with levels. So level one and three cards. Then we give you an extra money and three more cards. The minimum bet is so much until you get to the final card, the big bet, where you must bet at least half your money. This time around, it's just seven cards in one row. And you start out with $10,000. Your object is to get on card one all the way to card seven. And you get to make the bet on a felt table. That's right. This time around, it's no longer you're just standing on a table saying $200 higher, $50 lower. No. And this time around, there's physical chips. There is black $500 chips. There are white $1,000 chips. There are red $5,000 chips. There are blue $10,000 chips. And there are green $25,000 chips. And you must push the chips however much you want, but a minimum of $1,000 per turn on either higher or lower. That locks in your prediction, and whatever is the case, if you're right, the money doubles. If you're wrong, the money's taken off the table. And the push rule is no longer in effect. If you see an ace and you put all of it lower and it turns out to be an ace, you go bust and you leave with nothing. So careful there. Cautious betting is still needs to be considered. Now, there's also one final twist in the game. Because there is seven cards, and that means six flips, 
the final card is still the big bet, and you still have to bet at least half your money. But this time around, you don't have to take that big bet if you don't want to. If you want, before we get to that final card, you can cash out your chips and end the game right then and there, which I think is kind of a cool uh, lifeline to the game. In addition, the only other lifeline you have in the game is a one-change rule, which means at any point in this one level, you can change your card once and only once. When is it the most appropriate? Who knows? And what that card is? Who knows as well? It could be a middle card. It could be a high card. It could be a low card, which adds to the mystery of when to use it. What I also enjoy about uh, this new version is that when it gets to that big bet, you still have to make a minimum bet. So if you walk out the if you walk out the table, say you have uh, I'm not gonna I'm just gonna come up with a random amount fifty grand. We'll go fifty grand because you just played conservative the entire time. Fifty grand. You can either walk away with fifty grand, or you can make a minimum bet of twenty five thousand dollars, or you can go even more. You can go all in on your fifty grand bet because it's a two. But keep in mind that push rule is still in effect. What do you do, knowing that you have the best odds of going higher? In addition to that. Joel will actually tell you the percentages of the most likely outcome, kind of like in uh, in poker. So 40% is lower than this, 60% is higher than that. What are you going to decide? Which I also kind of like in, in the form of actually giving it some more poker vibe. Because this is set as a casino, and there's chandeliers, there's purple, there's gold, there's lux- it's almost luxurious. And the way I like the look of this, the way I like the presentation, it is everything I would want in Card Sharks and then some. So I'm excited to see when this airs on ABC. And I want to thank the production crew and staff of Card Sharks for creating what has to be uh, one of my favorite childhood shows brought to life in 2019 and made bigger and better and exciting. So thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> please don't send me hate mail. Card Sharks, I love your show, actually, as it turns out. I want to see actually what happens when it airs and it's condensed and is there tension music and graphics. I want to know all of that. Do you play the Baby Shark song? You know, do, 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 Baby Shark, do, 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 Oh, man, I don't know what you're going to do, but it's so exciting. And I know I'm getting a hold of myself. Oh, but seriously, I can't wait to see Card Sharks. I'm so glad there's not only questions, it's survey questions. And it's a mix of comedy, and it's a mix of a high-stakes game show, and a possibility of someone walking out of there with $640,000 if they play their cards right. It's just, I'm, I'm just shocked, and I'm, I'm so excited, and oh, I, I, this has been the news. Video games are an interactive medium. You, the player, are in control of an avatar and follow a storyline. Stop the bad guys. Complete the puzzle. Game shows, through play-along, attempt a version of this interactive medium. There is some parallel with video games and game shows. The world cyber games got its start in the turn of the new millennium, October 7th, 2000 as the World Cyber Game Challenge. It was sponsored by the Republic of Korea's Ministry of Culture and Tourism, 
the Ministry of Information and Communications, and Samsung. It brought together teams from 17 countries to compete against each other in PC games, including Quake 3, Arena, FIFA 2000, Age of Empires 2, and StarCraft Brood War, fighting for a total prize purse of $20,000 US. Advanced this almost nine years later, and the World Cyber Games would be one of the largest esports leagues in the world. To promote the new rise of esports and provide some nerdy content for the Sci Fi Channel, a new reality show was created looking for the ultimate gamer. Today, we are going to find out what it takes to be an ultimate gamer and if it involves saying racial slurs on Twitch. The guest with me has a podcast called Video Games Are the Worst Thing on Earth about how people who consume this prized medium of video games should not take their consumer-driven identity as gamer as a substitute for a personality. So what happens when you try and make a reality competition show where 12 of these hopeless people are placed in a loft apartment in Los Angeles and compete against each other in various physical challenges mixed with actual video game playing? You get what we're about to discuss. This is WCG Ultimate Gamer. Now let's press start and turn the table. With me on the line is the clever fox behind video games are the worst thing on earth, Alton. Hello. It's Alton, everybody. Video games. A few times, and finally, we got you. Yeah, I realized that you only watched one episode, not the whole series, so I was like, I can sacrifice an hour of my life to to the one thing possibly worse than video games, reality TV. (laughs) What are you? You have a podcast called Video Games Are the Worst Thing on Earth, and... Yes. And it, it's a fun podcast. You know, I subscribe. I'm a Patreon. Uh, I love the way you handle looking at video games and the culture that surrounds video games. Mm-hmm. So in coming with what is a great game show to talk about? I mean, I could talk about like the classics, you know, Nick Arcade, Starcade, or mm-hmm. we could go with something that you would absolutely despise. Hell yeah. And we um, went with that look, option. I... I seek any experiences which evoke an emotion from me other than hol- than like hollow doll lifelessness and rage sustains me. <laughs> you- so <laughs> watching watching a reality TV show filled with gamers is just like it's just like dumping gasoline on a small fire. It's great. And this isn't even other shows. Like, if we're inviting you back, there's still, like, the Tester. There's the God of War Challenge. There's a lot of great gaming video game reality shows. The people, whoever conceive of the idea of, like, hey, this gamer thing's real popular. What do you say we make a TV show based off of it? <laughs> it's just, like... They did not stop to think for one singular second how that would actually translate into real life. I know that, like, yeah, they they tried. They tried to make it, like, a a thing. But literally the only way you can do it properly is it's just esports. And that already exists. So 
Yeah. Well, this is the World Cyber Games Ultimate Gamer. And the World Cyber mm-hmm. Games is one of the first esports, I guess, uh, tournament, ch- uh, website, game company, you name it, things. Abomination. Continue. Uh, and so they licensed their name out, uh, basically, to, to come up with this uh, promotion for their company. And if you've never seen WCG Ultimate Gamer, first of all, maybe, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> really depends on how much do you uh say you're a gamer i would say is uh if 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 you if you have a bio that says gamer uh you hate women and minorities Mm -hmm. uh, that's the most important part you you say slurs online i think (laughs) this is the show for you what is your what is your uh your slur count that's a very important statistic in determining whether or not you will enjoy this show that's probably in the casting yeah it's just one of the questionnaires that's like on a a multi-choice question that's just like on a scale of one to ten how often would you say you say the (laughs) n-word then it's just like you have to get a really high score on that on that one in order to get accepted into the the ranking okay and it's it's i i want to talk about the casting, but I, I'll let I'll get to that when you feel it's appropriate. We'll get to that first. I'll just talk about the basic format of the game, right. and then we'll get to contestants and the hosts. So, right, right, right. A standard quote unquote season. We'll pretend like every season's the same. It starts with twelve contestants, each of which has a quote unquote expertise, like they're a champion of something, like a fighting game, a rhythm game, a sports game, etc. And they have to go through eight episodes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to interrupt, but like an expert on each one on 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 different uh, genres of video game, you can say, and they list their qualifications on like little bios that they show on their introductions. I don't know if you want to get to that yet, but there's like oh no, I have you have not even heard of season two's contestants. We we just watched the first episode of season one, so the first six episodes there's it plays into. Three parts. I'll call it a three-part act. In the first part is called the Games in Real Life, or the Real Life Challenge. Oh, boy. Where they explain what the game is, and they do a physical challenge based off it. For the first case, we did Rock Band 2, so they have to be a real rock band and play music. Which is an absolutely ludicrous challenge, because fucking gamers are not musicians. Like, that is a really (laughs) difficult skill to learn. And then they're just like, okay, you got 30 minutes to learn the fucking song and to play guitar. We just and, got this uh, guy uh, Good luck, I guess, center. assholes. Uh, we don't know. Some guy, they said he played with Guns N' Roses. And they got judged by the the rock band The Donnas. Who, were right, who wrote the song that they were performing. And it is very funny because we got to see one of the contestants freak out during well i i really want to get like the introductions done of these people so we can start talking about the people on the show because that's like the most interesting part we'll get into that the episode we watch after the real life challenge uh there's a ranked list and then we go into the isolation challenge where they actually play the video game in a modified who would have fucking thought video games on a video game reality tv show 
What's the world coming to? And then similar to, say, an F1 race or whatever, they rank with points, and whoever has the lowest points is mm. automatically sent to the elimination round. Whoever's in the right. first place position gets to put the second person in the elimination round. In the elimination mm. round, they both go head-to-head in the game of the episode uh, in something called Samsung Stadium, trademark, trademark <laughs> of the Samsung Corporation. <laughs> yeah, and then, like, half the shots of them going into the arena is just them fucking zooming in on the Samsung logo. So it feels like you're going to go straight through it and into the Samsung dimension. <laughs> it is. So I didn't want to tell you this part because you only watched the episodes. When it gets to 7 and 8, 7 mm-hmm. is my favorite episode of both season 1 and 2 because it's called The Gauntlet. And the gauntlet is just. I hope they just play games. Gauntlet Dark Legacy during it the is, gauntlet. No, it might as well have been the Dark Legacy. So when there's six contestants left, basically they eliminate half the roster by going into, I believe, three games. They eliminate half of them by checking their Twitter history and seeing if they said <laughs> any slurs. Uh, this was before Twitter, but in oh. modern day, maybe. <laughs> seeing who they follow and if they have any white nationalists in their uh, following. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's how, that's how the modern game would be. Like, the last gamer remaining is the one who hasn't been canceled by the end. So here is, like, so the one in Season 1. They had to play uh-huh. Project Gotham Racing 4 while seated in an upside-down gaming rig. So the car is upside-down, and oh, they have boy. to look... So they're just fucking with them, Yeah, basically. and whoever was in last place in that lap got out was out of the show. Like, no head-to-head, you just fuck off, you're gone. In Game 2, they had to do Rock Band 2 again right but this time around they had to play every instrument like they had to go through with the guitar and the drum kit and sing at the same time well not at the same time oh no at the same time they had the, they the had a stomp pad time? to replace the drums wait 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 wait. what yeah they had to sing play guitar and then stomp on a stomp pad no <laughs> that's such a fucking troll move oh no it's, it's, this is why i love it. it's all trolling them it's so good <laughs> oh this is spoilers for this we need to watch that then and then in the I'm... final one in the final third act it's halo 3 okay, all you gotta a do is a free-for-all and the rule is they're all on a pedestal it's like an endurance challenge on these reality shows you can only play uh, if you're standing on a pedestal okay and there is four contestants left it's a double elimination game. You can only shoot if you're on the pedestal with the controller. It's nine okay. hours, and it's, I believe, like the first to 100. But we're not giving you food. It is right now in the middle of the night. So what happens this is, is just like here's some fucking pizza. torturing people. Here's some chocolate chip cookies. No. Here's $1,000. If you want it, you have to get off the pedestal and pick it up. $1. Like, it is so messed up trolling. It's great. That is like so fucked up. This is just like psychological torture. It is. Maybe this and this is... one's like this is the best one. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then like, when the it gets first to the... episode does not give you any hints of the fact that they are literally just Well, no. I I take that back. They give you some hints in that they make gamers none of whom are necessarily skilled at uh in playing an instrument fucking play real instruments and sing. Yes. <laughs> Like, it's such an unconnected skill that it's literally just like, all right, so in this game, you are, uh, uh, <laughs> in this game, you're a fucking master swimmer. So in real life, we're going to dump you two miles out in the ocean and see yeah, if you can make much. it back to shore. Our game is trauma center. You got to perform live surgery. 
things like that. No. So in the final round, when there's two contestants left, it's called the final head-to-head showdown, the ultimate showdown. Right. Uh, and it's three games they've never played before, never seen before in their lives. Oh boy. Game one is well, the I don't one point. Get too, I don't want to get too much into like the finale. Like maybe if, unless you want to, unless you want to, because then we could go and watch that and be. Oh, we know, will watch, definitely watch that after this. Game watch one these for one poor point, innocent gamers points. just get traumatized. And game three is for three points, and it's just the games in the Samsung Stadium. So whoever wins, basically two out of three, wins the game show. And the $100,000, the Samsung package, and gets to be the ambassador for video games, I guess. Mr. Video Game. Congratulations, Mr. Video Games. Here is your N-word pass. So that's essentially the game in both seasons of the show. Now let's get into the contestants. Oh, boy. I've been looking forward to this. For season one, there was a lot of uh, famous faces. For instance, Swoozy, who's a known YouTuber, uh, famous for mm-hmm. his Disney World video, uh, was a contestant. Uh, CG, who was Star Slayer. Some people know her. Uh, she has a prominent Twitch stream, too. And famous enough, Prodigy X. Uh, he's Robert <laughs> with the blue eyes. Or, as we like to call him, Prod1G. And- or... <laughs> I've got, I started coming. I couldn't remember the names of these people, so I started coming up with my own nicknames for them. Uh, and so uh, we started calling him the Herpes Smurf. <laughs> the herpes. And to, ex- to explain that one, um, he has like bright blue contact lenses, and um, he has like a, a lip piercing that the low quality of the video just makes it look like a bump on his lip. Like he has a cold sore yeah. or something. Like. It was much funnier in person. I'm just going to say that. Yeah, it, <laughs> that. This, is, this is good if it's an, uh, for an audio broadcast. Yeah. Uh, there is Cut Swoozy. that joke to make me sound funnier, please. Swoozy Adondi, uh, Dead or Life 4 player. Allison Bridge, 99, who was an ex-Frags Dolls member and a Rainbow Six champion at the time. Amy mm. Brady from the PMS clan, the, cr- the co-leader of PMS clan. Uh, Wait, the fucking the clan is called PMS? There is Delicate, also Do you know a member what PMS, of the PMS You know what PMS stands for, right? Uh, Pretty Mean Sisters. I watched the WWE. <laughs> it's it's premenstrual syndrome. Whoa! They named their fucking, like, woman-only clan PMS? Yeah! And this is oh 2006. Okay. A CG cool. Star Slayer, a cool. top-ranked guitar cool hero fact. player. I did not realize that her. I I knew that she started her, like a women only clan, but I did not realize it was called PMS. Jesus Christ! Well, they Christ. didn't put that in there. I probably for good reason. Yeah. <laughs> uh, CG, who was Star Slayer, uh, is the Guitar Hero player, uh, famous mm-hmm. for wearing Avril Lavigne wear, like the tie and the skirt. Uh, then you got. Right. Daniel Dante Kim. Dante, Devil's Alistar, who is a professional game tester. Who just, oh my god. He just comes in wearing like all black. And like his two big strands of hair down in front of his face. And it's just like, uh, well, immediately I just started joking that he was a school shooter. Because I am a very tasteful person. Uh, a a man of good taste and etiquette. Game show podcast. Uh, yeah, no, he lo- and he had like a temper tantrum almost every step of the way in this show. Yeah, he was kind of a control freak. It seems like he looked like because I think it was like he was just thinking, "Oh, I'm just gonna play video games." Like, okay, video games I can handle. I can just do video games. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, this is the guy I wanted to get to with like the first challenge where they had to they had to actually sing and perform, which is just nuts. Is that they showed footage of him backstage trying to rehearse the the lyrics and just freaking the fuck out when he every time he <laughs> fucked up on one. So it's just like <laughs> it's literally just like beep beep beep. I can't handle. Oh my the god! It's all bullshit. Keep messing up. It's beep, and it's just like it just the camera looks around the room and all of his like fucking teammates just look dour as hell. <laughs> and it's like the only reason he was singing in the first place is because um he was like fucking nagging somebody else for fucking up the lyrics. And uh, this gets to, like, another guy that we're going to talk about who is just... Next uh, is named mm -hmm. Jeff Robinson in control. He's a professional StarCraft player. Cool. A uh, member of Team Evil Genius, and he was an actual WCG USA champion at the time. Which one was this guy? Because I can't remember. He's not distinct enough. In control, uh, Jeff. Uh, he was the, 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 the guy that you thought was the big bulky guy. Oh, beefy boy. Beefy boy. That's what I called him. He's like just this fucking it's amazing cuz his introduction is he's just walking out of like he's just walking <laughs> towards the camera and it's just like his legs look so short and like his body his torso is really long and like he's just muscly and wide. So he just like it's just waddling towards the camera and it's just like wow. He has a website. What a fucking unit. GG. He is now a he is now a esports commentator. Cool. So he he's moved on, and you know what? He's uh he still does StarCraft streams on Twitch. Nice. So I can't really like get angry at Jeff. Uh, Jamal Nickens is mm -hmm. Zafar three two one, a fighting game champion, and according to the accomplishments, winner of Life to the Power of X, a similar five minute video game reality show on the USA Network. Oh. Jesus Christ, there are more of them. Here is the one you despise. J.D. Right. Dorfman, kosher ham. Nice. He yeah, J.D. Dorfman is one of the most frattiest frat boys who has ever lived. And it is listed in his accomplishments that he is the six-time champion of, like, the fraternity uh, Madden tournament. Yes. Which is just like, that's not an accomplishment. He like, won Madden. What the fuck? He's, he's Mr. Madden. He knows. And, and yeah. it's like. <laughs> and he is the one that. Um, oh, God. What's his name? Damien? Damien. Da Dante. Is it Dame? Dante. It's yeah. one of those devil names because he's so edgy. Devil May Cry. Yeah. He is, he is Mr. Devil May Cry. And he was like getting on to JD's case uh, for like fucking up the lyrics. He's like. And he immediately throws like a little tan pretension was like, why don't you do it then? <laughs> and just like, and then he does and he sucks real fucking bad at it, which it, was great. It was, it was remarkably terrible, but made for great television. <laughs> oh my God. Let's just, can we just talk for a moment? I know we're skipping around in terms of like time, the time. Oh no, we have episode. three left. We, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, I have to say that like the very first team uh, that started when they started singing and it was just like off key and they were forgetting words. It was just like, it just hits you like a wall of cringe. You're not a fan of the new band Pandora rocks. Uh, I can't say that I am Jordan. I would say my pitchfork review 
two out of five. Two, no, get, uh, 1.78. You, everyone knows. Uh, yeah. So the the uh, challenge was to basically perform uh, with the Donnas, and the Donnas are the judges. And it was three teams. They split up the 12 right, into right, three right. groups. Pandora Rocks, Pirates versus wait, 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 Ninjas. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, pirate. <laughs> Does anyone remember that fucking meme? Let's talk about this for a second. It's this is like stepping back in time, 2007, and just like, man, the gamer culture back then. It's exactly like it is now, but less self-aware. If that's even possible. <laughs> I like One Piece. I like Naruto. I like uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, and I like the Ninja Turtles. So what was? Uh, we didn't do all the introductions, I don't think. No, we did not. There's three left. Kelly Kelly, who's Mrs. Violence, Pro Gears of War player. Uh, she, she was okay. Uh, Robert Paz, which is Prodigy X. Mm-hmm. Famous, was, was, we called Herpes Smurf. Smurf Herpes, Her- Herpes Smurf, because so we can remember it. Yes. Uh, he was, who's apparently now like a, still a big prominent Twitch streamer, so good for him. And then finally is our dude, Mark Hell Smith. Yeah. Applesauce. Mark, applesauce is the most wholesome person in the entire show. He is like, what was his qualification? He's played for a Counter-Strike source team in leagues such as the CAL and the Cyber Evolution. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, he's good at shooters. Um, but the minute you see this guy, you know that he's just like the giant stoner. He's like a dude they just picked up from the GameStop. Yeah, they just got saw him like smoking weed behind the GameStop counter. He's like, "You gamer, come yeah. with us!" And they shoved him into a van, and he just showed up on set. He's just like, "Whoa, where am I, man? And this is the far host. out." And then finally, the hosts. We got to two fun people here. First is Hannah mm-hmm. Simone. Alton won't know who Hannah Simone is because Alton never watched New Girl. I've I've never watched anything, man. I don't know who anyone is in Hollywood. So if you've seen Cece in New Girl, that's Hannah Simone. That was her role right cool. after WCG Ultimate Gamer. Well, that's a. I mean, I have not seen it, but I can safely assume it's a step up from Ultimate Gamer. I mean, you're working like with I, Zoe Deschanel, so. Okay, I vaguely know who that is. Kind of. Yeah, I, I, uh, the name also, sounds familiar. Uh, they. They also, she also, according to her IMDb profile, played sexy girl in 2005's remake of Kojak. Right. She was also a and guest who, judge on So You Think You Can Dance. Okay. And this was means the host nothing to of me. Kicking and Screaming, a Fox reality show, which I have to eventually discuss. Oh my and god! I oh, I thought Kicking and Screaming would be a Fox News show. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, if you want kicking and screaming, wait till you hear MSNBC this week. What? Oh boy. Um, Let's talk about the the guy, like the The painfully generic dude who they describe as, and I quote, a gamer extraordinaire. Joel Gordon is the gamer extraordinaire. He is the host, and he plays the esports commentator on WCG Ultimate Gamer, and... He's a dork. This man has never touched. He, this man has never touched a controller in his life. He also states the fucking obvious on the show. Yeah, he is the Mister ex- states the obvious on the show where he explains what a video game is and how it's played. Oh no, it gets yeah. worse. Uh, first of all, he was a correspondent on Tack of the Show before getting in the WCG Ultimate Gamer Show. Uh, 
uh, he's, I believe, like a journalist. Like he was supposed to be an esp, like a like a video game reviewer for a while. Oh, really? Yeah. So um, he does play. He just looks like some generic guy they cast as like to be as generic as possible and just pretend that he's played video games before. Oh no, it gets worse. You didn't even see a fighting game episode yet. Oh, that sounds like it's going to be bad. How would you like to know what a life bar is? Oh boy, I do want to know what a life bar is. Do you see is. those Tell circles? Me, you see there's a timer there too. Nice. And you see those Man, circles I didn't even below know what it? Those things were. That's the win counter. And if it's 3, that means they've won this head to head. I mean, that's the thing about this show is that it's like it's the mid 2000s. Uh, or mid to late 2000s and it's like i think producers this is a time when it isn't obvious that every single person on earth is a gamer there's still some uh at least perceived separation between normal people and gamers uh and so producers i'm assuming have no fucking clue what a video game is besides from the fact that it's popular with the kids (laughs) yes and so it's very painfully obvious that this show, despite being like supposedly gamerific, is produced for people who do not know who do not know what a master chief is. Yeah, that's 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 where I was going at with this. This is like a game create the game show created by like thirty to forty year olds who have never touched a video game, heard video games are popular, probably got like their kids to talk about what games they're playing because they play video games mm. and then like basically blasting them like i play i play real music i play real basketball now listen this is the most important thing and the most enjoyable thing about this show for me is of course making ruthless fun of all of the contestants because they are two had some extremely real... strange season two had justin wong who was a marvel versus capcom 2 world champion in oh, season okay. two's episode, they basically stole something off Rooster Teeth's immersion, where they had to pretend to drive in third person while what? inside the car. And oh, Justin Wong doesn't God. have a driver's license, so he crashed into like a teeth <laughs> Like he crashed into what? He crashed into one of like the the poles, those little like banisters that you make a finish line out of, like a T beam. Oh my God! <laughs> that sounds amazing. A uh, cat gun was also on there. Uh, like okay so challenging people i feel like the one video game skill that could reasonably translate into real life is fucking driving a car oh that was because usually because you can like you can get like a controller shaped like a steering wheel and that's a you could directly apply that to real life presumably you know but i guess uh if you're not a he's probably not a big racing fan man i guess not uh (laughs) <laughs> and he's obviously not a big driving a car in real life fan because goddamn, I feel like I mean I've played a lot of video games so I feel like I I could probably drive a car in third person it would be really weird but I think I could do it, it but is, uh, it that is, that is amazing just having a car crash on TV oh it, well, but that's like a, a good theme. description like of this like of small, this not wasn't like a full on like eighty mile per hour crash. I, <laughs> can you imagine if it was? I could, but it got really. Uh, season two, they did like a mobile challenge. It, it fucking sucked. I thought it was just like a way to promote. Mobile games mobile aren't games. real. Those they fucking suck. This is like early mobile games too. So they were like, 
Oh, Probably yeah. really shitty. And in episode six, I thought was the worst episode of every season because they made the game that they chose for season two, episode six was WWE SmackDown versus Raw because they had SmackDown okay. at the time because this was the Sci-Fi Channel that aired it. Oh, I see. How is that an eSport? Professional wrestling video games aren't a fucking eSport. I mean, I would. I don't fucking know. I've never played like I've like. I, despite being a gamer, I mean, I've played like five games, and all of them are CRPGs. So I would probably be pretty trash at this competition, uh, to be quite honest. You you would you would just suck. You would not be the WCG Ultimate Gamer, which were. I would not be the Ultimate Gamer, no. Uh, unless they included a Diablo, uh, like <laughs> they included Diablo or uh, Baldur's Gate somehow. <laughs> Not exactly well-renowned, uh, popular, competitive games. But anyway, uh, like, I wanted to go back to making fun of these people is the the best part about this, because they're extremely strange, as is in, basically implied in it being uh, all about a show all about gamers. <laughs> uh, so, like, let's just go back to Dante a little bit. Yes, let's pick on Dante. And how... Let's talk about Dante, and let's talk about how when you we were watching it, you Googled him and found his DeviantArt. He still has his DeviantArt page. I was uh, like, yeah. trying to figure out, like, do these people still have, like, careers? Because, uh, like, in terms of gaming, like, this was, like, a decade ago. So a lot of these people either retired from esports or they moved on. So things like, um, things like Prodigy X, okay, sure, makes sense. People like mm -hmm. In Control is now a commentator. That's the go-to, I feel. Because you that's finally cool. made, you paid your dues. Swoozy's a YouTube star. It's like, oh, that's fascinating. And then you look up Devil's Alistar. Mm-hmm. And uh Yeah. I feel like you you I went back into a time machine and it's like, here's a sketch <laughs> of Vash the Stampede. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's this fucking it's this fucking deviant art, and it literally looks like somebody's like notebook drawings from high school and in fact literally the description of one of them is a concept character i drew back in high school he's a blind demon hunter who works for the vatican uh, the shell of choice by the way is a 45 caliber if you're wondering yeah it's like uh, he's an edgelord like super fucking edgelord and it's and he is Oh my god! And we're not trying to like throw sh like shade at him. We're just saying maybe update your deviant art because I'm sure you're a much better artist now. I mean, yeah, it's like that's the thing is that his art is actually pretty decent. Um, you know, I'm not gonna pretend like I'm a better artist because I suck at drawing, but uh, it's just weird, and it just reinforces that he is uh, an edge lord. But anyway, let's move on. So. The the game is is fascinating because it's broken into different things. Real life challenges, mm. which is like weird. The isolation room, which is sound like a bat cave, because I guess Dark Knight was a huge thing. So let's do the Dark Knight. And right. And I just want to bring this up because because the competition because the game show to a competition is the physical challenge aspect of it. So instead of like a cash prize, it's power control uh, to survive. And then after a set amount of challenges, the last one standing wins. And it's like, okay, when it gets to the gauntlet, when it gets to the head-to-head, -head, that's when I feel like it's an actually a good show, very esports-oriented, actually like well-rounded. Mm -hmm. Like you have to be good at all sorts of games to be the ultimate gamer. But right. it, but this comes across as 
first of all, like bad promotions for video games. <laughs> oh my fucking god, it so is because like when they introduce that they're going to be playing Rock Band 2, it's like the Rock Band 2 game from Activision is a, a cool party experience with, with your, your friends. friends. Four players, or I can't remember how many people it is, but it's yeah, like, four three friends. players can play together, one on the microphone, one on the guitar, and one on the drum. And then 20 minutes later, you gotta keep it separated. It's like, no, that's not selling me on this game. It's, it is very much like, it is an hour-long advertisement for bullshit, And basically. Samsung. Lot the Samsung, which they filmed it at Warner Brothers, uh, not Warner Brothers, at Universal Studios. And the reason I know this was because I was once doing the studio tour. I was once circling the studio tour uh, uh, a day when they were doing a shooting for the show. Oh my god! For this show? This show. Oh my god! I I couldn't like jump out of the studio tour and go, "Hang on, I gotta go to the video game show." I want to. I want to see which one is the ultimate gamer. I want to see who has the most powerful slurs. It was. It's a train wreck of, but it's a beautiful train wreck. It is the show that I could safely say I. I don't know why, other than games are popular. Let's do the games. <laughs> and I. And the question really is, I mean, like, to, to me, it's like, the presentation is definitely reality show-based, because they have a fucking, like, house apartment in Los Angeles, and it's downtown, and it's always nighttime, apparently. Yeah. There's shitty rock music playing in the background. Constantly. Every... The fucking shitty rock music never lets up, and it's so bad. And it's just like they're brushing their teeth and getting out of bed. It's like the shit that people hate Nickelback for, but that is without vocals. Yeah. It's bad. It's bad, folks. And it's uh, and then and I should also point out the greatness that is the WCG Ultimate Gamer lyrics. Are you ready for that? the lyrics of the theme song to WCG Ultimate Gamer? Oh, uh, yes, please. One shot's all you got. Huh? To roll straight to the top. Yes. Turn the lights up. Get hyped up. Yeah, I'll rip your night up. It's oh, finally game okay. on. You know my name will live on. Ooh. When I come through, they're gonna scream my name, erase you, when you feel my oh, game. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus. That wasn't even singing it. That was just reading it. It's bad. That's like really, ugh. And they all have the same fucking pose in the skyline. They're all crossing their arms, or if they're trying to be like the character that like the casting producer made, like they'll do the like the, the devil horns and like like bob their head. It is it is so oh it is so bad. <laughs> but it Hell was like yeah. a time when gaming wasn't was still considered like for nerds. Yeah, and I think that's that reminds me that I wanted to get back to the casting. <laughs> yes, like. So, I guess kudos to them for trying to make it a very diverse casting, but it is very sad to me that this show has, like, way more women in it than actual, uh, like, actual, uh, pro gaming sports leagues. That is true. There were more women competing in this show than there was 
theoretically you see on Twitch. I mean, I think that I think Twitch has a lot has more women, but like I'm pretty sure the StarCraft League has like one, literally one woman in. And if you go I'm, to the 4132 mark on the episode, yeah, all those video game door things the nerf leaders are going to be in for a surprise, a nice pleasant treat. Um so uh, the, the the question really is, because gaming has now progressed, and this is also why I had asked you here, Alton, because you are, I would say, the, the expert in gaming culture as it currently stands. Now that gaming has advanced well over mm-hmm. 11 years, there's no Twitch, there's esports, there is clans, everything. People know about esports these days. Right. Should the show be revived? Oh, my God. Um, I don't think it could be like it, i feel as though this is the product of money and ignorance uh and i think there's a lot less of the second to, around these days <laughs> i think that like the people who making these kinds of decisions are now aware of like actual successful uh video game tournament things um and that uh, I would assume that most gamers are probably not watching reality TV, and most people who enjoy reality TV don't want to see a bunch of fucking gamers. <laughs> like, I, that is what I'm saying, is that this was the product of somebody who's like, gaming is popular, let's make it into a reality TV show, because this was like at the fucking height of reality TV, am I right? This was. This was a science fiction channel exclusive original program so like literally this was only made because this is at the time when people are like uh 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 uh, a reality tv show about cooking reality tv show about um uh wood carving yeah yeah pretty much thanks for reminding me i have to cover chopped i have to cover uh, what how made that up there's iron chef in iron chef america in cutthroat kitchen well i mean yeah cooking really took off took off like reality show cooking, but the, I was thinking reality. You were talking about reality show of uh, furniture crafting. Oh no, there is there is a furniture show. There was Ellen's Design Challenge. Jesus Christ! Hosted okay. by Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah. Hell yeah! I love I love <laughs> I love making a joke about something and finding out it's real. That's oh my no, it's feeling. a horrible feeling to have. I had to do that at least three times with three separate guests. Hell yeah. Oh man, but that's what I'm saying is that like this is the this is the period of the reality TV show, and I don't think I don't think to nowadays is the period of the reality TV show. They exist, but um, nowadays is much more like the the days of like N- the uh, HBO and Netflix original series. What if you more put so. this too? You like a Netflix or? Come on, I would fucking scream myself to death. If they made a Netflix original series about gamers, just like blood would roll from my eyes and I would just wither away into a husk and become a vengeful spirit haunting the fucking show. What if you were like the producer and you got to create the challenges and competitions? (laughs) All right. Whoever can get blocked by Anita Sarkeesian the fastest wins. (laughs) All right, let's see your slurs, gamer. We're gonna create your own gamer word. <laughs> so, so I, I guess nowadays you can't really do esports. That's be like Twitch streamers. I, I feel like 
I I think that the thing is is like you can do uh, you can do genuine competitions like uh, esports or playing games versus each other, or you can do bullshit psychological drama for um, reality TV. But you can't do both. I don't know if that really works. <laughs> well, it's you like are the people to the, the people you the want reboots. on a reality TV show like are fucking weirdos. Like nar like <laughs> narcissistic moron. And it's like I guess there's some crossover with like pro players, but I don't know. It just doesn't seem like something that would work. I mean, like, if it was just straight-up gameplay, like, uh, Starcade, I, I rebooted and said it should just be, like, a speedrun game, where fastest wins. Uh -huh. For a video power, it really is just, like, head-to-head -head competitions, almost esports-esque. With something like this, though, the competition is half real life, half, e like, the video game itself. That if it was mm. me, <laughs> I would either continue with the gaming and real-life challenges but just make it better or yeah. fucking throw it out and just make it like the gauntlet challenges. Just this weird fucked up version One, of the video game. 100%. Like the challenges, like you could just make it the gaming or the fuck with gamers by making it real life. I think that there, if you could figure out how to do that you, on a weekly basis, like, it could be fun. Do a dunk contest or a physical challenge that involves like, unless of course it's something silly like, uh, you have the con like. Okay, here's a good idea. Ready, ready. Like a Fortnite, like a Fortnite game, uh -huh. and the competition is because you can't really do head to head one v one. I don't know yet if you can. Um, right. You just do who's the first to get a victory royale wins. Mm -hmm. But for every time that you fuck up and you fail, you have to drop back down. So you literally have to go up a ladder, like 40 feet high, jump into a pool of water, and swim out of the pool before you do it again. So then it's just these gamers feeling miserable, like, ah, oh, fuck. Nice. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. Where were we um, in terms of talking about the show? Because I think we only got past, like, the first part and then immediately got derailed. We talked about the re re revival reboot. We talked. I talked about the gauntlet, which you haven't seen yet, or the, the final competition. I haven't even told you who won season one. Don't tell me though; it's a spoiler. I, I if it's will, not, uh, if it's not applesauce, I like don't give two, a shit. Cover your ears for like five seconds. I'll let the mm, listeners know. Okay, I'm I'll take it off. His favorite wins. It's sauce. All right. Okay. Did you say it? Yeah, I did. Alright, I put my headphones back on, so I'm not- I'm not that spoiled for me. Yeah, So it, now it, I get to watch through the whole series and be like, uh, oh, still rooting for applesauce. Gotta still root for applesauce, I can't tell the you- The fucking stoner up. gamer. Uh, so- so I would probably do something like that, something that would be like, you play the game challenge together, but there's some sort of fuck you element, like, you get, like- like some sort of aspect where it's like you're playing the game on an upside down rig, or you have to play all the Rock Band controllers together, or mm. uh, you have to play with your hands covered and come like a real gamer. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know if we want to go that far. In <laughs> you have to fucking eat an entire bowl of Doritos and play the game at the same time. That could work because that's the promotional for Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> you have to chug a two liter of Mountain Dew as quickly as possible versus someone else. Yeah, God, like, you fucking you, you kill people. Uh, you can't pick up the controller in the fighting game 
until you finish eating the Doritos and then you can't finish the Mountain Dew. Just imagine them getting such fucking orange all over their face and hands as they fumble with this greasy controller. That's the idea. Oh, that is such a, a pleasing mental image of gamers suffering. Uh, you definitely also have to have the GameStop challenge where it's set in the GameStop. Listen. This is my fucking pitch, right? Yeah. This is my new idea that you've just inspired in me. It's fucking um, Fear Factor with <laughs> motherfucking video game. Fear it's just Factor like... video game edition. Okay. <laughs> so who's hosting it? Who's hosting this new Fear Factor? Because for... I don't think Ludacris is available and I don't think Joe Rogan wants to. Um, let me think about it for a second. Um, Tim Allen! Oh god damn it. <laughs> He's a fan of the he's a fan of the game rewards. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, let's keep going with this. What's like the Man, challenge? It's so fucking good. So yeah, obviously chugging a two liter of Mountain Dew before you can pick up your controller, eating a whole bowl of Doritos before you can pick up a controller, uh shit like that. Like just torture. Are they in like a literal pit fucking too, torture? While we're at it, are they? Yeah, that would be, that, you know, you can steal some things wholesale from fucking Fear Factor. Like, it's a straight-up fight between them, but they're just covered in cockroaches. <laughs> <laughs> Getting you're the fighting real not only gamer... each other, you're fighting yourself mentally. Yeah, exactly. You're like in a pit of cockroaches, and you have to play a fighting game, and they just like the cockroaches get under your thumbs, and you accidentally squish one, and it just it gets all over your controller. Man, this is such a horrible thing, but I I would enjoy watching gamers do this. You want to see, like, an arcade stick with, like, like tasers attached to each of the Hell buttons? Hell yes! Yes! Fuck yes! Like, they get shocked every time they get hit in the game. <laughs> you are creating the most masochistic gaming show. <laughs> it's the fucking, it's the fucking, like, the cube, but for gaming. And not to be confused with the Cube My Cube. You're talking like the Cube Horror Show. Yeah, the Cube movie where it's like fucking torture chambers. Um. <laughs> you want it to be like, you have to play Connect games and it's an endurance run. <laughs> you have to play Connect games, but like the floor has like something on it. Uh, the floor has like... Legos on it. Or... Yes, Legos. Perfect. <laughs> like you have Legos all around the floor. And you're playing Connect. This is literally just torture, isn't it? I'm talking about torture. You're what? But this is <laughs> you know, the thing is that you are making a relatively good case for a gaming show like this. I don't think it's been done. It's Look, it's literally just schadenfreude. Get the worst people on Earth that no one's going to care if they get hurt. Gamers, obviously. And put them through the most fucked up thing you can think of. It's, uh... <laughs> I mean, Man. like, it reminds me of when Giant Bomb did the head-to-head uh, -head on the roller coaster. This is fucking genius. This is, I, I initially was like, I don't give a shit about creating a new show. And I was like, no, wait, I can make them suffer. Yeah, you can. I'm not, like, stopping you from making them suffer. <laughs> I mean, if Giant Bomb made Dan and Jeff go on a roller coaster amount of times doing Mario, what's stopping uh -huh. you from doing the same? Oh, my God, yes. I love watching them, uh, Giant Bomb play Super Mario Party. It's It's so much fun. And it's just because, like, Jeff Gerstmann is just constantly getting fucked over. But that's he, us. We he's are so mad Gerstmann. about it. <laughs> I guess you can make Dan Riker the host of this version, because he seems like a masochistic guy that would be really on board with this. Yeah. 
Oh my god. <laughs> hey, well, I'm just saying, you know, it's great. Jim guys Sterling. Just, Get uh... Jim Sterling to fucking host. Perfect. Jim He's a Sterling. showman. Yeah, Jim Sterling. <laughs> All right, gamers. Now it's time for you to take your pants off and sit on ice. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Whoever beats the Super Mar the custom-made Super Mario level ROM hack gets to stand up. <laughs> Man. You're making a good game show, actually, now that I think about it. I know, it. it's... Listen, human suffering is the cheapest form of entertainment. I mean, like, there's a lot of people doing, like, the hot sauce game or, or the, well, if you fail, you gotta do the, the, the punishment. No, make the punishment the game. Hell yes, that is... Man, this is just, like, some sort of... I love this concept. Um, <laughs> like I said, mostly because I want to see gamers suffer. Uh, you want to see and so now I'm I'm sold on it. I'm sold. I like this show for very broadly similar reasons. Uh, like the reality portion, I I very much enjoy them getting fucked with by like. Uh, so now you're gonna do something you f are completely fucking uncomfortable with, you dipshits. And they're gonna do it in public in front of like an audience of fifty people. Okay, so here, here, Alton, let me, uh, if I could. If I may, mm. uh, update you on here's how you would do your version of Ultimate Gamer. Yes. It is going to be played in a tournament format. Each mm -hmm. episode has six contestants, much like Fear Factor, with three games each. You fail, you lose, all, et cetera, et cetera. Uh -huh. uh, the winner of each game goes into the final episode at the end of the season to win the grand prize. So it's like they win like 5,000 bucks mm. or something small because, yeah, there's a stupid <laughs> cash prize anyway. And the final challenge is to um, beat a game while simultaneously being surrounded by everyone who's been eliminated and getting hit with sticks. Oh, no, no. I was, I was going to go with just flat out, like, you have to play, like, just beat a 40-hour game. The last, the last challenge is putting your head into the guillotine and pushing the button. No, we're not guillotine. We're not killing the <laughs> test. We're not killing Thomas Sankara said... In order for the revolution to be successful, we must eliminate all the gamers. I don't think Jim Sterling's on board with guillotine people on this. <laughs> That's just because he's a social democrat. <laughs> well, yeah. We'll <laughs> radicalize him before we start the show. You're, you have to radicalize me. I'm the producer, too. I was oh, thinking man. something like a 40-hour game, like like a Super Mario Odyssey, and it's like you have to get all 1,000 moons. They have to 100% The Witcher 3. Yeah, like, oh, that's perfect. That is fucking perfect. And it, we don't even show any of it. Oh, no, no. No, no we you, show... You 100% Witcher 3, but you close the doors, there's no food, no water, no bathroom. <laughs> oh, my God! <laughs> that is like literal Guantanamo Bay shit. Yeah, no, seriously, the only way to escape is 100%... The Witcher, and it's you versus your opponent. You don't know how far they've gone. Oh my god. Oh, oh but I guess to make it like, so you you don't get fucking put it in the Hague, uh, we have a we have a, a, a button, a panic button. Yeah, like solitary. So that, now you're explaining yeah. solitary right now. <laughs> so basically, it, it's a fucking grueling, evil torture box where they have to play The Witcher 3 and whoever tags out first or beats it went uh, like yeah, if you, and if tag, you tag out, out you stop and yeah. it's whoever has the highest percentage completion wins yeah you did it. you complete you, you congratulations you created the final challenge on that's uh, evil 
on the new gamer gauntlet, ultimate gamer. Because that seriously is, what would be the ultimate gamer? How far can you go into a game without losing your mind? How far can you, like... This is, I, you know, I was joking about all the torture before, but this is, like, genuinely disturbing to me. You're disturbed, but you're smiling like, I will watch this show, I will find a way to get Well, because it's, like, it's such, it's the most cruel kind of torture, which is just, like, um, the kind that's just, like, wait, like, wasting their time and forcing them into, like, this room where it's, like, they can't use the bathroom? Oh, yeah, or, like, you gotta eat? fucking, that's like... Fucked up. Like, you, this is like, you gotta just... I mean, they could pee anywhere in the fucking building. Who gives a shit? <laughs> like, <laughs> in a bucket, I don't know. So this final stage, they never clean it. It's just strewn with human feces and urine. And they have to... The stench is an integral part. what I was thinking. If this is what I was oh presenting it as. Oh my god. You have those, you know those, like, uh, those... Those fo- the, the when you're at a port, you know those giant tankers that are like metal. Uh-huh. You just get two of those, and you tell them to go in them, and it's at like two p like at, at like midnight. So you close the door. They have no sense of light. All they see is the Samsung 42 inch 3D HD 4K ultra violet screen <laughs> and a copy yeah. of The Witcher. This is terrifying. I don't like this. Let's 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 move to a more lighter, <laughs> a lighter, lighter point you of discussion. You created this. Mouse. I know, but I don't like this anymore. It's not fun. Like yeah, I it think is. it would be. What are you talking about? It's it's like if it's a if they have the panic button and they can tag out at any time, then it's it's a uh, all right. Yeah, I you think know they competitions are. like that have been done before, where like they have like how long can you last until you tap out? Yeah. Um. uh i don't think it's it's uh but anyway talking about like the main point i liked about this show like these people are real fucking weird (laughs) yes they are and it it's very funny watching them so like herpy smurf uh, aka prodigy prodigy um he has these bright blue uh contact lenses that he always wears unless he like wants to actually fucking go all out which at the end of the episode he takes them off for the the final elimination because we're like uh, my theory is that he just couldn't fucking see what was happening in any other point in the game in like the show and he had to take them off to actually play video games and he became good at it when he did you not only like he destroyed jd yeah now let's talk about jd he's a special case so i don't know jd is a frat boy and he represents the sort of most toxic white male um (laughs) white male masculinity imaginable he throws tantrums at like the drop of a hat he like jokes about physically injuring his opponents by being like i don't know if i can beat him maybe if i break his fingers (laughs) give me a hammer (laughs) And just like he's just such a hateful little shit. I mean, but he is—he's uh, also kosher. He's uh... yeah, he has a—he has a—he has a star of David pendant. He's a guy and who I like follows to... Ben Shapiro. He's uh... yeah, he really does. It, it's hard for me to explain it, but it's like this is sort of like the toxicity of um, 
gamer culture in general. This is this is part of what you're going with. Yeah. It's the every every contestant on WCG Ultimate Gamer has this sort of personification of what is a gamer in the mm-hmm. in the year of the worst terms. Yeah. So they they have like uh, what's the big lanky guy's name? Uh oh, that was uh the 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 that was Jamal? oh uh that was uh in control Jeff. No, 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 big lanky guy, tall lanky guy. Oh, tall lanky guy. Uh, that was uh, the the the. Tall was it Jamal? Was, not not applesauce. He was our guy. Um, I think that the was... guy was like a really big dork. Yeah, he's just like an endearing. He's just like a a he's just like a big nerd, and oh, that's oh, like uh, you're you're talking uh J- Jamal then, right? The, the yeah, I've literally said Jamal like three times. Yeah. <laughs> just to confirm. But yeah, he is just like, he's the archetype of just like this sort of, so like this socially awkward nerd guy. I'm sorry, they're currently There's a There's a real life challenge going on outside. They're doing uh, yeah. Forza Motorsport. Yeah, that's so, he, that's one archetype. And then there's our favorite, Applesauce, who I would really like to know what he's doing today, these days. But uh, he's just like the stoner gamer. Uh, and he's my he's our favorite. Oh, I um, love applesauce. Not like the applesauce really, is fantastic. I'm not spoiling what he's up to these days because it's a spoiler for the outcome of the game. He wins. Fucking applesauce. Oh my god. I'm just I'm just guessing at this point, but that would be fucking amazing because he's my favorite and I want him to win. But anyway, uh, yeah, he's the stoner gamer, and then. JD is like the fucking frat gamer and he just gets so mad like instantly and the fucking best part was when he was in the the game competition where they're playing rock band 2 and he's the lead singer and he's just fucking screaming into the microphone screaming at the top of his fucking lungs and like the rest of his team is not doing very well and at the end he gets so upset that he takes off his shirt and puts it over his head. In embarrassment. Out of like sheer like tantrum-esque rage. And then not and in an episode, just to make things funnier, then they got uh Prodigy X it being oh. like the room. And he's just mumbling. <laughs> he is Yeah. They're like doing these little interviews with him, and it's like this room that's all echoey. It's like they're interviewing him in an elevator. It's really weird. <laughs> it's so strange. And he you can't hear what he's fucking saying at all. It's just like So I'm gonna use my thousand dollars. Uh that's great. Uh could you do that again now say how much you want to be the ultimate gamer? I would do anything, Deborah for a Klondike bar. Okay, well that's great now. Uh <laughs> now uh, we just need you to talk about how uh, you found out that you're going into the elimination round. Uh, how do you feel about that? Well, Denver Manson, I'm having a real big old time. I think I'll have a bit uh, hungry, um, and I'm going to beat the V. All right, <laughs> He's thank just you. fucking you mumbling. The... <laughs> you go back now. Yeah, and then he, he beats JD easily. And JD, before the start of the competition, I just want to... He's like... So Swoozy is the one that eliminated him, or put him into the elimination final round. Um, and he said, he, be- he better hope I don't make it back to the house. It's just like every single thing with this guy is just threats of violence or throwing a tantrum. 
It's it's if, real. If it's attractive. not him, it was Dante because it's not just video games in this show about video games. Yeah, and so I started off joking that Dante looked like a school shooter, but by the end, I was convinced that JD is just like a psychopath. We it, it you you turned on which one was going to be the bad person, the bad. Yeah, dude. exactly. So I initially I went for the easy one. I went for the edge lord dressing like the all black, all black. Yeah. Which was a mistake, obviously. Like, if, you know, if I should have learned by now that <laughs> if anything is more true, it's not... The appearances are uh, super deceiving, and it's not, like, the weird goth kid that's gonna become, like, the school shooter. No, it's, like, the fucking angry white boy. Oh, man, it was... And he got eliminated. He got his ass hand to him in that game. Yeah, the jock went home on the very first fucking day of the of the show which i think is very thematically appropriate um well you mean the fraternity winner of madden's not good enough for yeah apparently apparently the six-time winner of the fraternity uh madden championship uh was not particularly skilled at other games you would know they made the package look like he was practicing all night (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and JD. yeah that's the thing that's another thing i fucking hate about reality tv shows is that they they're so manipulative with the editing and even this was sort of like they made it play up to be like oh um prodigy he didn't practice at all but uh <laughs> jd he practiced all night he's he got went from barely being able to play to actually being pretty good at it and then they like show the actual competition he just gets fucking crushed immediately like, it does not take long to where it's just, like, 8,000 versus, like, 200. No, it's not that. It's, like, 2,000 versus, like, 80,000. It was 80,000 to 20,000. And it was just, yeah. like... It was brutal. And it just, like... <laughs> they, they had, had to play Offsprings, by... keep them separated, too. Just make it worse. They they had a side-by-side of them, of them playing. And just, like... Prodigy was just stone-faced, just cons- look of focused concentration, just playing the game. And JD was pulling these bizarre facial expressions. It was great. It's it's such... That part of the show is just so good. Are you going to keep watching this show, or...? I think I might. I think I might be back on to talk about other parts of the show. I might watch <laughs> Well, we more. still have other game shows. They're still like the tester. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we can do stuff like that, but I think that this is worth returning to because it's it satisfies my need to watch gamers be psychologically tortured, um, and <laughs> and just like watch complete weirdo what weirdos they are. I it's think great. That, maybe that was the intention of these people. Is just how do we make these people look stupid? No, no, that's another thing. Is that like it's the late two thousands, and they you know they have like stylists and shit trying to like create an image for them because Prodigy always wears like a sideways baseball cap and it looks fucking ridiculous <laughs> like these the, they're constantly like they constantly have like their looks together to be like you know like oh i'm the quirky gamer girl wearing like strap on leather boots um or i'm like the oh i'm like the cute every girl or i'm the literal wall of meat in control <laughs> <laughs> I'm the um the cute stoner boy, uh, applesauce. Applesauce and is your fave. Applesauce is my fave. 
I, but I think that they maintain like an they 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 have an image that they maintain through like the whole episode, even though it's over like multiple days. Um, and I, it's I, all at night, and it's just such an it's just such an awful image too. Like the fucking like I said, Prodigy always wearing a sideways baseball cap. It's like stepping into the past in you're all the worst like a ways. Trucker cap. You're expecting. Yeah. You're expecting some um. If you want to relive like Ann the Hart, late two thousands, some Ed Hardy wear, <laughs> such a great way of doing it. Uh, anyway, what's next on the docket? Uh, for the show, well, we kind of went through everything. Like it's just game challenge, like, so. challenge, game isolation challenge, head to head challenge, rinse repeat, gauntlet, uh, final challenge, and that's it. And like the presentations, like, we went through all of the presentation, all the horrid versions of reality television editing that comes with this. Hmm. All that's left is is a uh, the speed round. We have a lightning round, Alton. Oh no! Yeah, that's right, Alton. Okay. Uh, before the game, there's five questions and sixty seconds to answer these questions. For every question you get right, you get a free plug. Okay. You get all five right, you get five free plugs. Oh Jesus Christ! I have to think about what who I'm gonna plug. Um, and you have to think about the questions too. I mean, the questions. God, the questions, I might fuck up on some of them, but I I have to have people in mind who I'm going to shout out. So I think I might do individual people and maybe the show. Okay, okay, I'm ready. All I'm ready. right. Ask you're, me you're, the questions. What a play. Okay. All right. I'm leaning forward in my chair. I'm so ready to be the ultimate gamer question answerer. All right. Let's put 60 seconds on the clock. Oh, shit. Name a good video game. Uh, Divinity Original Sin. Name a famous fox. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, Nick Wilde. Are esports sports? Uh, <laughs> um, sure. What is your favorite v- beverage? Uh, Gamer Girl P. Are video games the worst thing on earth? Fuck yes. You did. It. They you won. S- they suck. Yay, I win. I, although the, the judges are really near about the fourth answer, but we'll take it. <laughs> we want to accepted game fuel on that one, too, but that's the difference. I can't help it. It's just that, you know, the, the, they got that uh, Mountain Dew, tw- like, twang to it that makes it <laughs> unique. <laughs> All right. Well, you won <laughs> You won five free plugs, regrettably. On one, <laughs> okay, um, let me think. Um, so uh, first I'd like to plug my podcast, Video Games Are the Worst Thing on Earth. I host it with me and my friend Reese. We talk about video games and gamer culture and politics and the intersection of all of those things. Uh, we are mostly comedic, but we talk about serious issues sometimes too. And if you enjoyed me making fun of gamers uh, <laughs> and fantasizing about a horrific realm of hell, a game uh, of show trapping where them in a horrific hell, in Funko Pops. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> they have to fucking wade through a room of Funko Pops to get to the controller. Um, uh, but um, if you enjoyed that, you should definitely check out Video Games Are the Worst Thing on Earth because we we go hog wild on them gamers. <laughs> um, uh, let's see, my next. Plug is kind of cheating, but you should check out my friend Reese on his uh, Twitter. His Twitter is at your very good bud. Um, he does very good posts, and you should follow him. You should, um, you should say munch to him. 
you should just go at your very good bud, Munch. No explanation. He knows what you mean. All right, next thing I want to plug is uh, my friend Brianne and Matt. Uh, Matt of Brianne and Matt on YouTube. They have a very funny YouTube uh, channel where they create a bunch of extremely good memes. My, ap- my favorite uh, so far is his meme he did of Boogie2988. Boogie. On the H3H3 podcast where he said both sides. Uh, and <laughs> it's a, it is a treat. Boogie. It is, Shut the it fuck is up. a treat. If, if you want to hear him, Boogie2988 say both sides, both sides, 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 both sides. Both sides. Both sides. <laughs> it's, yeah, so check him out. Um, let's see, I'm, I'm at three so far, right? Yes. Does my plugging myself count as one? Of course, one, or you can I... plug yourself. Okay, okay. I plug myself. My channel is uh, Alton Plays, where you can find videos, the VODs of Vigatwato, um, or just little snippets of us playing video games together. We have a couple of those, which are extremely good. Um, like, you can find the video where we play Borderlands 2, and it's revealed that Reese ate sticks as a child. Um, or us playing Pass Part 2, where we draw. <laughs> uh, oh, sticks! A, oh, a dick made of gumballs. <laughs> and then um, the last plug I want to plug. Uh, this is off the top of my head. I think I want to plug uh, Danya, who is a friend of the show and um, has an extremely good account called Shitty Gamer Takes, which is honestly one of the best resources you can have, and when you have a show where you make fun of gamers, because it's a never-ending font. Of just the worst, most reactionary takes at gamer constantly. Takes. I usually clap yeah. back with those. Like, at gamer takes, go follow that. Go follow them at. Uh, let's see, what is Donya's at? XO Pinkish Heart. XO underscore Pinkish Heart is their uh, personal account. So definitely look them up. So those are my five. Congratulations. We also want to accept your Patreon as well, but that's okay. Oh fuck! No, I need money. Please, we got to us Patreon. Give us money, and we'll give you a special episode, secret episode. Yes, yeah, like the one about gamer secrets. magazines created by some smart guy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's everything. That's um, everything. <laughs> we've been talking about this for like two hours. It's now wild. one hour in fifteen minutes. We have watched this for two hours, and yeah. We have not lost our minds, and that's the fun of WCG Ultimate Gamer. You never know what to expect. Reality television is fucked. I had lots of fun. I, I almost, I'm, I genuinely might watch through this now, because uh, <laughs> I, I fucking hate it. Well, how about this? Here, here's my consensus: Let's just skip to the final two episodes, and that's the same with you at home. Like, just if you really want to watch the show, watch the last two. Like everything else mm. is just kind of garbage. It's a garbage I can get angry at, though. Yeah, you know what? I mean, like, if you don't want to get angry and you just actually want to watch a good show, yeah. <laughs> like, just the last two. I want to get fucking mad. Just, I want to get fucking... If you're I a podcast get fucking, and talk uh, about video games and gamers... I want to get in on that schadenfreude. I want to get fucking furious. I want to rip my shirt off like JD and just <laughs> scream the gamer words at my, at my computer screen. Don't get into heated gamer moments, folks. Hell yeah. Alton, thank you so much for stopping by. No problem. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed making fun of these gamers. And and learning of applesauce. 
who is the one good gamer. Unless he's done something terrible I don't know about, which is extremely likely. Woo! So, sorry, sorry for your drum shit. Uh, thanks again, Alton. You can catch him at Video Games Are the Worst Thing on Earth. He has a podcast and a Patreon for that podcast. Throw money his way. I don't know. Uh, but uh, it's time for the fun part of the show. So um, his favorite was Applesauce, Mark Smith, and he won season one of WCG Ultimate Gamer. Uh, basically, after the recording, I, I rewatched a few episodes. The Gauntlet is still the best part of the show. Although it wasn't really as strenuous as I thought it was. Um other contestants that I can point out right now, uh, but, uh, for instance, in control, Jeff Robinson, uh, he's now an esports commentator, and he's pretty cool dude actually. Uh, and then when I was trying to figure out like what are they doing nowadays, last time I checked, uh, Mark Smith is selling arcade cabinets, and Swoozy is a big YouTube sensation. Uh, he's famous for a video about Walt Disney World, <laughs> which is I find funny. Season two, uh, the one with Justin Wong on it, Cat uh, Gun won that season. Uh, her username is Mystic, and now she's doing stuff on Twitch, which is telling me that's what probably most of the contestants on WC Ultimate Gamer are doing nowadays. They're either coaching, esports commentating, or just a casual Twitch streamer. Because that's all I can think of when it comes to uh, being a gaming personality, I, I assume. Also, I did mess up. Uh, it wasn't filmed at Universal Studios. It was filmed at the L.A. Convention Center. So I, I, I did screw up a bit there. My apologies. I'm going to correct the mistake by saying that right now. I still kind of dig the isolation challenge part of the show. I wish they would have done something more with that now that I think about it. But I, I thought it was an okay show. Maybe it was just a little ahead of its time, or maybe gamers just don't want to watch cable network reality competition shows. I don't know. I still thought it was pretty fun, and I like the idea of little prizes being thrown about every so often. Uh, speaking of prizes, it's now time for our 110-part series exploring every pricing game on The Price is Right. It's called Pricing Game Spotlight. Danger Price. Premiere date, January 8th, 1976. Tape number 1754D. Premiere date and carrier, November 26, 2007. Number 4101K. Finality of Barker, May 16th, 2007. Commonly played on the big doors, sometimes played on the turntable and center stage. In Danger Price, one of the four prizes shown has a price the contestant must avoid to win. The contestant shown a danger price, which is the actual price of one of the four prizes. The contestant selects three prizes, one at a time, which they believe have prices that are other than that of the danger price. After each selection, the price of the chosen prize is revealed. Selecting the prize with the danger price results in a loss, while successfully choosing the three prizes that do not have the danger price results in the contestant winning all four prizes. History. 
This game is premiered January 8th, 1976. The game originally incorporated a smaller setup, with a board that showed the danger price and had a blue spot for chroma keyed shots of the prizes being revealed. The amount of the danger price was concealed by a little door and below a skull and crossbones, which featured an eye patch with a price down dollar sign. The board was originally on the turntable, but was moved to center stage on March 3rd, 1977, number 2274D. The prices were revealed on four separate stop signs, with little doors covering the prices. Originally, the doors were numbered, and later the numbers were moved to the top and replaced with prize names. The safe spaces were green cards, while the danger price was on a red card. The current setup debuted February 5th, 1986, number 5983D. The danger price is displayed on a red placard on top of the board. Like the original setup, the prices are concealed on four octagons resembling stop signs, but the prices are now revealed by flipping the signs by pressing corresponding buttons. Safe prizes turn over green while the danger price turns over red on september 30th 2005 the font on the prize descriptions changed from dom casual on <laughs> okay font fans out there on december 17th 2012 red silent rights were added to the board and prize risers surprisingly the backdrops on the current set were used as a card backdrop twice on February 11th, 1986, on any number, on April 16th, 1986, on 10 chances, as well as a prize backdrop on December 11th, 1986, on Bump. On one playing on Janu uh, January 10th, 1994, a number of events happened. First, Holly falls while modeling an exercise machine in high heels. Secondly, when the contestant made her first choice, the octagon stop sign on the dinette got stuck and it wouldn't turn. And Holly went to the back of the board and get it around manually. Then, when she made her third and final choice, contestant May Neville asked about the dishwasher, which mistakenly caused Bob to get confused about how much the dishwasher was, causing Janice to nearly reveal the price at first, but chose the exercise machine. So Janice had to stop it from turning itself around, which she did, and Holly to reveal the price of the exercise machine, and she won the game. On another, in April 5, 2002, 2125K, after contestant Stacy lost her second pick, the octagon for the flatware got stuck and wouldn't turn. Claudia kept hitting the button, and Nikki kicked the octagon, but it wouldn't work either. On June 24, 2013, 6411K, the then-male model Rob Wilson hit the button for the foosball table too hard and it triggered the release on the computer as well. Luckily for him, that wasn't the danger prize. On March 25th, 2016, the College Rivals episode, Lindsay Lovey from Harvard failed to win all the prizes, so Shawnee from Princeton won 1000 bucks. I hate I hate College Rivals week. thought that was a bad idea. Nighttime appearances. Danger Price is one of five pricing games introduced in the fifth and final nighttime season hosted by Dennis James. Dennis James was a host of The Price is Right, folks. It wasn't always Bob Barker. On episode number 157N, the other four being cliffhangers, dice game, hurdles, and three strikes. On episodes 157N, 159N, 160N, and 158N, respectively. Additionally, both versions of the set were used during the Tom Kennedy version, with the set change occurring rather close to the end run. Also, Tom Kennedy. It wasn't always Bob Barker. Tom Kennedy also hosted The Price is Right. So, make that, so, so for trivia fans out there, it wasn't always Bob Barker. Be sure to include Dennis James and Tom Kennedy in your, in your listings. The format of not choosing a certain answer from a choice of four was also used in a short-lived Sex Wars and the equally short-lived but popular Trivia Trap. 
also produced by Goodson and Todman, where Pathfinder sound came from, as well as the international format Boom, which I like. Uh, the most number of times the game was played on any season was 56. This game was the opposite of one right price, in which a contestant wants to choose the prize with the same prize. This time, it's the opposite. On Bruce Forsyth's version of UK, the game is played the same, except when the contestant chooses one of three prizes. There are not the each prize. The contestant only wins those prizes. On the Dutch version called Cash in Carlo, a SpongeBob SquarePants-esque setup was used for the game. I gotta see this SpongeBob setup, because what? <laughs> what? Oh, well. Um, I like Danger Price. I, but I, I think... I, I, I like the octagon version of it, but I don't like the center turntable button thing. I think if it was me, I would want it to have a bit like a stop sign. like Almost like a... like They did bring a boom, but I, I think kind of like a boom would work. Where it's instead of a turntable aspect, it's like four stop signs next to an item. And and it has this giant ca or instead of stop signs like caution table like the caution exclamation point that that shows like yield because 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 it's either gonna be octagons or a yield sign it, it needs something that says proceed with caution in this game and and gives us this element of danger and avoid the the danger price so if it was me and I I would try and rechange danger price here's what I would do I would make it so danger price the octagon is the danger price and in like an led screen you show like the numbers like three thousand two hundred fifty dollars or something and then outside of it is four giant uh stop signs they look like they would belong in in in, in your local roads and railways and all you gotta do is pick the prize. And now instead of a turntable, they just flip those up. And when it's the danger prize, it will show the actual retail price. And of course, there will be this big shocking like noise before playing the bump up bump bam. And if there is uh, a prize that it's not, uh, there's a sound effect that gives it this like almost like a spy action movie heroic, like you trim the right wire beep, beep, noise. They would give it like a, the, this calming feeling, but also a sense of urgency as well. Because I think that's what's ne necessary for a danger price. Because yes, it's the reverse. It's a reverse like trivia trap. Pick the wrong that's not the right. But it needs to have some sort of element of surprise. And I think that, that it's necessary for a modern danger price. I like the game. I love, I love reverse multiple choice. And I, I like this game a lot. It does extend a lot by doing the reverse opposite, but I think if you're going to reverse opposite it, you better try and hide into drama. Whereas boom, it's kind of like the diffuse the bomb element. With this, you can kind of have that same element of avoid the, the danger price and have it so it's like one of the few where it, it, it makes like a fake explosion or just a rumbling noise. That, that gives it its sort of core element of a danger price. Why should you not pick the danger price? Because the bad thing happens not to the contestant, obviously. It's just like uh, like an air raid siren before playing the losing horns. I like this game. I just wish there was some sort of like element of danger to it. I, I know I'm repeating myself by saying that, but that's what's necessary for this game. And I love it so much. And next time on the Pricing Game Spotlight, we're going to knock it out of the park with three strikes.
That theme song means we are now in the Funko Pop Corner. Welcome to the Funko Pop Corner. I'm Jordan Haas. This is the segment where we look at Funko Pops. Uh, today's episode, we are looking at Pop Television. This is a Jeopardy Funko Pop. Jeopardy with 776. This is Alex Trebek final figure. Uh, this is the original Alex Trebek, as in the one without the mustache. I, I couldn't find the Chase Rare Alex Trebek with mustache from the 80s and 90s era of Jeopardy, but we have the classic Alex Trebek. And uh, I got this at a place called Mind Games in the mall. Uh, the grand total after tax was $10.71, which I am ashamed to admit I bought for for Funko Pops, because as many of you know, I only collect one type of Funko Pop, and that is Nightwing and Robins. So it's kind of weird to see an Alex Trebek uh, Jeopardy. I guess I broke the streak. But I did announce it earlier in the phone home game, and here it is now. Uh, I, I have it in my hands. I know this is an audio podcast, not a video podcast, but I'll try my best to explain it. Uh, there is a final Jeopardy clue card that he is holding, and he has shiny black shoes. Uh, it's in gray outlet, and it looks like he has a purple tie. Uh, of course, because it is Alex Trebek, they decided to make it a little older, so there's a little bit of wrinkles there, both on his forehead and around his eyes. Uh, and uh, other than that, like a nice silver-haired Alex Trebek-looking big head mode Trebek, which I thought is kind of cool and clever. Uh, I think a lot of people love Funko Pops because it's some of the characters that they know and love. And Alex Trebek, he is a real character in, in television, a television icon. And Jeopardy is a one-of-a-kind game show, especially what's going on uh, both in uh, Alex's personal life, uh, hang in there, Alex, and with the streak that is James Holtzauer, that it's a perfect time, I guess, for Jeopardy to start marketing themselves in the Funko Pop market. That's kind of clever. Um, I can't find the Chase Pops if, if you can tell me where to get it, and it's around 20 bucks or less. I, I might pick it up. I'm not going to spend more than 20 on a Funko Pop uh, if it's Trebek. Um, I'm sorry, it's just... I don't. I, I, I have a set limit on Funko Pops. I think they're beanie babies. I don't think they're they're worth trading. I think they're just uh, they're just like buy the characters you like and then have them sit on a shelf. It, it to me they're no different than like having a McDonald's Happy Meal toy, but you're paying a lot more because they don't like they don't move. They don't you don't vroom vroom them. You know they just just Funko Pop. But I like Alex Trebek and he is one of my favorite game show hosts of all time. Uh, not just on Jeopardy, but things like Battle Stars, Classic Concentration, The Wizard of Odds. And I'm excited to have this little piece of, of, of Trebek here, here on the desk, especially now when I record episodes of game shows, I suppose. Uh, that, so I'm excited about this. I know there's a Pat Sajak one as well coming soon and a Vanna White, but I can't find them. And, and honestly, I, of all of these, I would probably pick Trebek the most. No, no disrespect to Pat Sajak or Vanna White, but Trebek, that's the go-to. Which makes me wonder, what kind of game show Funko Pops should there be? I mean, yes, you can go like Nostalgia Route. You can go like Double Dare and get like a Mark Summers or a Legend of the Hidden Temple and you can get like a Kirk Fogg or just basic generic contestant on any of those six Legend shows or Double Dare contestant. It's generic as well because all you need is like the helmet, and it's like, oh, it's a totally different person. 
you can do a whammy for press your luck. You can, I guess, do a Drew Carey, maybe a Wayne Brady. Definitely a Steve Harvey for Family Feud, because considering the it is really just man in suit holding question card, you can just change the question card out to be Family Feud and and make it a Steve Harvey bald dude with mustache. Like, you got that going for you as well. Uh, what other game show? Pr- I mean, like that's pretty much most we can go for in terms of game show Funko Pops, I think. So this is going to be a very short-lived segment now that I think about it. But that's going to do it for us here at the Funko Pop Corner. Maybe you should check out your Funko Pops today. Do you have a Funko Pop that you enjoy? Send me a Twitter at Jordha, J-O-R-D-H-A. And if you love this game show podcast, you can listen to more at jordanhaas.com slash podcast. And you can subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play. We're on Spotify. That's neat. Give it a a five-star rating and share it with your friends and let you know, hey, I listened to a guy drone on for most like two hours about game shows. I I really appreciate all the comments and all the feedback you guys send over. If you have any questions, jordanhaas at gmail.com is where to get a hold of me or on Facebook at facebook.com slash gameshowspodcast. Till next time, join me for another game show, I suppose. And big smooch! Mwah!